Well, good morning, everybody. So here we have this teenager. She's probably doing some household chores, minding her own business, being obedient. And all of a sudden, an angel appears. And this angel just kind of plops this news on her. And what always amazes me is that our gospel says her reaction is that she's perplexed. That's the best word you have to describe somebody who just saw an angel is perplexed? I would have to think if that were me, perplexed would not be the word I would use to describe my emotion. Scared to death, perhaps, but perplexed would not be the word I would choose. And here they tell us that Mary is perplexed because she's a little bit different than the rest of us. What's beautiful about Mary is that she went right into asking questions to clarify, how could this be? Like, I'm a, I'm a virgin. How could I possibly be having a child? And what I love is that in the NIV version, where we usually read the New Revised Standard Version in our gospel, and we say that nothing is impossible with God. But in the NIV, it says, for no word from God will ever fail. And so when the angel tells her that, yeah, you are going to have this baby, it's so powerful because no word from God is ever going to fail. So instead of Mary questioning and continuing to deny this, that's not what happens. She says, here I am. Have your way with me. I'm your servant. All right. And she just sort of surrenders. She literally just trusts that God said she's highly favored. And then she trusts that he said she'll be pregnant. And she trusts that he'll take care of everything. And this level of belief this level of trust is unlike anybody else's. So we have to keep in mind what this meant as an unwed pregnant woman in this day. It definitely meant that her reputation would have been completely dragged through the mud. It means that her fiancé most likely would have kind of ended things, probably quietly, maybe not. But for sure what it meant was according to Jewish law, it meant she could have been stoned to death. Because in Jewish law, you could not be pregnant outside of marriage. So here we have Mary, whose faith is so amazing that she literally surrendered her entire well-being and trusted that the Lord would protect her. Because that's how much she believed. So in many of our eyes, her situation would have looked really dire. It would have, um, we would have been able to assume the worst. People around her probably would have drawn conclusions about how this came to be. Any way you look at it, it probably would have appeared that there was no way out of these circumstances. But instead of fretting and worrying, do you want to know what Mary did? Mary went to be with her cousin Elizabeth. The angel told her that Elizabeth was also pregnant. So Mary went to be with her cousin because she knew her cousin would understand. She knew Elizabeth got it, how the impossible would be possible. Because in her old age, she was told she had been barren all her life. And all of a sudden, she had a child in her womb. So Mary knew that she needed to find community to surround her. And she went to her cousin Elizabeth for strength. And it was there that these two ladies came together and they didn't pout and they didn't panic, but instead they praised. When they came together, they worshiped and they rejoiced. That's how they handled their challenge. I think um, 
one of the things we recognize is they were both waiting with great anticipation to see what the Lord was doing in them. And there's the Psalm 62 that sums it up. It says, My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. They waited with this deep trust, anticipating what God was doing in their lives. So Mary's faith becomes this example for us to follow. Do you have that kind of faith? Are you able to um, really just put it all on the line and just trust God? See, we've lived now for the last nine months in a pandemic, which is the same duration of Mary's pregnancy. And we can really relate to her because we also have had a lot of unknowns. We've also had the suspicion of where it all began. And we also know there's a potential for death. But think about how Mary's handled her situation and how many of us have handled ours. See, panic and worry set in. And for some of us, we've never gotten out of that. We've, let that, we've allowed that to consume us, to take over us. But for others of us, we've let the hope of the Lord come on in and, and swell inside of us because we allow there to be hope. As Romans 8, 28 tells us, all things work for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. And if we believe that scripture, if we believe that, we know that God can be doing something here in us. So where do you fall in that spectrum of belief right now? Where do you wait with great anticipation or do you not have great anticipation? Have you pl placed your focus on the hope of the coming Christ? I want you to think about the story of Christmas. It's so full of anticipation and it's so full of the thrill of hope. Let me outline some of these examples. For Mary and Joseph, it was months of anticipation of what was growing inside of Mary, this baby Jesus. For Elizabeth and John the Baptist, it was this anticipation of Christmas beginning as um, the baby leaped inside of Elizabeth's belly. John leaped inside her womb as soon as the arrival of Jesus in Mary's womb came to their home. For the people of God, it was literally centuries of anticipation waiting for this Messiah they had been hearing about from the prophets for all of creation, it went back to the beginning. It went back to the fall of humankind in the garden. And then there was this longing and this groaning and this need for Jesus to reconcile us from that sin. Even in the heavenly realm, the angels were anticipating this because they wanted to bring the good news of great joy to all people of the birth of Jesus, the Messiah in Bethlehem. And then we have this, the Trinity it's this anticipation of finally all of us being able to understand this relationship between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All of this anticipation of this first Christmas was a long time in the making. This first Christmas started off with all this great excitement. But as we know the story of Jesus and how it unfolds, it doesn't, it doesn't get easy. It gets harder, and it gets dangerous, and it gets uncertain. Yet Mary treasured all these things in her heart, our scripture tells us. She pondered them. She treasured them. And as things got uncertain and things got scary and the unknown started to come about, 
she would always revisit the hope of that first Christmas. She would always go back and experience that anticipation of the Christ child. So as children of God, we should do no less. In fact, we should anticipate great things because we have this great God, right? And so we should expect him to hear our cries and respond. We should look around with anticipation to hear God's answers and to see God's guidance in our life. And when we think how Mary embraced the assignment of being the mother of Jesus, we can pause and we can ask ourselves, are we celebrating and praising God in the worst of times in our lives? Or are we embracing our current situation in a fashion that's similar to Mary? See, Mary was able to identify the blessing even amidst the burden. So are you able to pause in the pain? Are you able to pause in the middle of the uncertainty, in the middle of the impossible, to see God at work? See, in order for us to anticipate something, we need the period of waiting. It's kind of like part of the definition there. Right? You need to be able to wait about the coming of things. I mean, if you look at the Old Testament, when it ended, there was a 400 year of waiting before we even get the first book of the New Testament. But what was there was the birth of Jesus. And it was after that long season of anticipation that all of a sudden the hope of the world was birthed. I think many of us are so eager to have 2020 end. And we keep saying, come on, bring on the new year, as if the flipping of that calendar is going to suddenly make the world right again. We know it doesn't. We know that this insane world isn't going to abruptly fix itself. But like Mary, we have a choice. We can live in this constant fear of the unknown. We can dwell in it. We can torture ourselves with watching statistics and news and all of this garbage that's being fed into our brain. Or we can place our faith in the Lord. We can place our faith in the Lord and as we wait on God, we can wait with God. Because that, my friends, is the power of Emmanuel, which means God with us, which is the gift of Jesus. And you need to know that fear and doubt do not come from God. They come from darkness. Because the intent of fear and, dark, uh, fear and doubt is to separate us from God. Everything that comes from God is of light. So every promise that is made of God are words that will not fail. So fear separates us from the Lord. But the name Emmanuel is a promise that God is always with us. So it says in Romans 8, 35 to 39, I want you to just listen to these words. Let them sink into your very being. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword or even COVID-19? Nope. And all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you hear the promise? 
Do you hear the promise in that scripture that nothing can separate us from Christ? Not a pandemic, not death, no hardship, nothing can separate us. So isn't that reason right there to rejoice? Because if even if we're to get ill, even if the worst is to come and we are to expire on this side of the grave, we cannot be separated from the love of Christ. To have that peace and to be able to worship in the waiting, you must have faith. You must have faith much like Mary. Because the enemy is doing everything to try to convince us that God's forgotten us or God's not real or God has better things to do than to worry about little old us. But Jesus reminds us that he is with us. And if we look at scripture again, we look at Matthew 28, 20. He says, I am with you to the end of the ages. And if we believe that nothing that God says will fail, we have to believe this promise that no matter what, we can be confident that Jesus is right there with us, even when it doesn't feel like it. We can live in fear, or we can live with great anticipation of the promises of God. But whatever you spend your time focusing on, that is actually what you're worshiping. So what are you worshiping these days? Where is your focus? Are you living in fear? Or are you living in the hope of the gift of Christmas, which is our Savior. Today's gospel is just a reminder for us to look at Mary and to follow that example. If we read on in that text, Elizabeth goes on to say, Blessed is she who believes that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken by the Lord. See, Mary's not blessed because she's going to become the mother of Jesus. Mary is blessed because of her faith. She was blessed because of her devotion and her faithfulness to the word of God. See, being the mother of Jesus was actually a burden. It wasn't an easy task. But whatever blessing Mary received, it is telling us here that we can share in it if we emulate her behavior, if we emulate her faith and her devotion. We can't all be physical parents of Jesus. We know that. But we can all be fulfilled in our lives by following the word of God, by being obedient, by having that faith, by placing our trust and surrendering ourselves, just like Mary did. So Mary turned out to not just be the mother of Jesus. Mary turned out to be the model of all followers, like how we should live our lives as disciples of Christ. She was a servant that literally just embodied everything about faith and faithfulness. <clears throat> and the best part about this, she didn't even ask for this role. She didn't seek out <coughs> this role in God's plan. God reached into her simple life. He reached in and he brought her into service. And he made this example of her remarkable faith for all humankind to teach us a, a thing or two about trusting God. So this Advent, I invite you to reflect on this past year. I invite you to ask yourself, what have you been worshiping? I invite you to ask yourself, have you been glued to the TV, just trying to suck in all that news and being distracted from the hope of the world? 
Have you trusted no matter what happens, whether you live or whether you die, you are the Lord's. And with that, we can give thanks and praise and rejoice. Think about it. After everything we've been through, after every tragedy, after everything, we continue to carry on because it's in our weakness that God's strength is made known. So I think we should lean into what 1 Thessalonians tells us. It's one short, sweet verse. And all it is is rejoice always. That's it. Rejoice always. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. That is worthy of rejoicing. So friends, in our lives, in this waiting, we need to anchor ourselves in a community. More than ever, we realize how much we need our faith communities. We need people who are like-minded. We need people who get us. Anchor yourself in a community. Trust that God will come. He won't stay quiet forever. There's just no way. And lastly, you need to trust that in the waiting, something is happening. You might not see God. You might not even feel God. But God is up to something for all of those who love God. So my friends, I invite you to be like Mary. Have this amazing faith. And I pray that you will be filled with hope and great anticipation for the coming gift of our Savior. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, every so often we need a little wake-up call, a reminder that you are here. You are with us. And sometimes we get our blinders on so, so fiercely that we can only focus on the negative. And we miss out on this gift of you being present in our life, this gift of you working in small ways. So Lord, I invite your spirit to just fill each and every one of us. Give us the eyes to see you all around us. Help us to lean into you for answers and guidance and wisdom. Send your spirit to fill us with faith like we've never had before. And where there is worry, Lord, help us to worship. Where there is panic, help us to praise. Lord, let us be more like Mary, the blessed mother who taught us what it means to surrender ourselves and place all of our trust in you. It's so much easier said than done. We need your help, but we trust that you are at work in our lives and we rejoice and give you thanks and praise. In your holy name we pray. Amen.